thewellnesscouch.com, streaming wellness into your lives. You're listening to Wellness Women Radio with women's health experts, Dr. Ashley Bond, the pregnancy and birthing guru, and the queen of hormone imbalances, the period whisperer herself, Dr. Andrea Huddleston. They're raising the bar for women's health by bringing you the most up-to-date health and wellness information to live your best life. Now, onto the show. This episode of Wellness Women Radio is very proudly brought to you by Dinner Twist. Dr. Ashley and I want to let you in on a little secret of how we maintain our healthy whole foods lifestyle with very little time. And one of those ways is actually with Dinner Twist. So they plan, they shop, they deliver everything to our door to take all of the guesswork out of having really healthy meals for dinner each night. Um, I love Dinner Twist because they are a locally family-owned business here in Perth in Western Australia, and all of their produce is locally sourced and seasonal. So they are really invested in all of their suppliers as well, which is absolutely amazing. Everything is so fresh. Uh, Ashley and I both get the Wholesome Box, which is naturally gluten and dairy-free as well, and is very consistent with a paleo-type lifestyle as well. Uh, so it's, you know, completely consistent with, you know, the way that we want to eat and want to feed our loved ones too. This is also how I trick Dean into thinking that I can actually cook. So seriously, if I can do it, everybody can trust me. And their recipes are so delicious. They also have other options apart from the wholesome box. So they have a family box for bigger size families an express box. If you're really short on time, uh, as well as a vegan box too. Now, we would love to give you the opportunity for you to actually try Dinner Twist and realize how healthy, how delicious and how fresh it is, but also how much easier this is going to make life as well. So we have a special promo code for you, and that is going to give you $35 off your first box. And that is WWR for Wellness Women Radio. Um, So we would love you to uh, try for yourself. Don't take my word for it, but let me know what you think. Without further ado, ladies, onto the show. Hey there, gorgeous listeners. Thank you for joining us today on Wellness Women Radio. I'm Ashley. And I'm Andrea. And I can tell you right now that Ashley is still very pregnant, <laughs> still heavily pregnant. Due to, to pop anytime. <laughs> yeah, I reckon it will be any day now, but uh, she has to keep her legs crossed for the next couple of days. Yeah, yeah. We've, we've got a, a West Coast grand final over here, midwife keen to go, and uh, birth doula wants to take a quick trip to the southwest. I'm like, cool, I've just got to cross my legs for four days. We'll be good. <laughs> yeah, so everyone, we're keeping really good uh, birthing vibes to Ash, but just nothing that's going to happen in the next four days. <laughs> um, ladies, thanks so much for joining us again. And on this episode, it's it's kind of another like public service announcement that we've done a few times recently, just because there's so many things that have been coming up in our patient base and patient community lately that seems to be such a really strong theme. And it's something that I'm really quite concerned about as well. And that is the use of certain types of medication for acne treatment. And I'm sure that everybody has heard the term Roaccutane or Accutane, um, which is essentially the brand name of a um, very popular, very commonly used um, dermatological treatment um, under the, what was the um, name again, Ash, the isotentinone? Yeah, because we're so used to the the brand name. Roaccutane. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah, it's um, oral isotentinone. Tretinoin. So, yeah, there you go. Just in case anyone's reading it and saying, hang on, it's like you saying it's this other weird ISO something, something, something. Uh, that's what it is. But it's what is listed uh, under that me- pharmacological name 
on the Australian Pharmaceutical Benefits Scheme. So that's probably where you'll see it. Doctors will prescribe it under that name generally. Yeah, and I cannot tell you how many patients that I see who come in who have either used this for acne or are currently being prescribed it. Um, I've lost count of how many of my teenage patients who are on it um, and then also like adult women as well. Mm. And my biggest, absolute biggest concern with it is the lack of informed consent that happens with it. And when um, you are given informed consent over a medication or a procedure, it means that you completely understand the risks and benefits for that. And most of my patients who have put on it really don't understand the risks, benefits or alternatives to that as well. Mm. And, um, you know, for sake of ease for this podcast, I'm just going to call it Rakitane just because it's just so much easier to say. Like, don't get me wrong, it is probably like one of the most important um, revo- revolutionary medicines in dermatology that has come about in the last 30 years. And it's undeniably the most effective medication for treating severe acne, but it's at a huge cost. And that's what we're going to go into tonight. It's at a really, really massive cost because it can create damage to almost every system of the body. Yeah, and that's something that a lot of people are not aware of, is it? Because obviously we're thinking of it just as a, a way to clear out skin, um, but the reality is it's a what they call a systemic drug, meaning that it doesn't just target one particular cell in the body. Um, it has insidious effect on numerous systems, um, you know, as far-reaching as things like liver damage, um, reproductive mm-hmm. harm. There's just there's a really really long list. And I think um, if people read that, I, I was reading a couple of things thinking, oh, my goodness, just sitting here reading this entire, like, proper disclaimer when we go through every last detail. If your doctor sat down with you and went through this as carefully as it's listed, I think a lot of people might think twice about whether they would consider this a reasonable approach um, or whether they might want to try a few more things or a few more pathways of testing or, you know, dealing with root cause Mm. Uh, assessment before they went to this pathway as easy as it may seem because it does tout to have such a great success rate um, but for those of the ladies who don't have success the harm and the risk mm-hmm. involved is substantial um, so we'll go talk about some of those things but I think you know a lot of women um, probably are having a lot of time to think about these things right now uh, there's irritants like wearing masks uh, that are irritating yeah. the skin and obviously creating a lot of issues with oil imbalances in the skin, which uh, can absolutely flare up cystic acne. Um, and a lot of them as well. Uh, unfortunately, they're working from home. They might have more time passing a mirror and just not feeling very satisfied with uh, the appearance without their daily makeup routines. So sometimes that can be a trigger for seeking out further further help and obviously seeking out dermatological um, experience to see if there's something else they can do. So I think there has been probably a little bit more attention towards Rakuten in the last sort of 12 to 18 months, increased stress, you know, increased issues regarding metabolic concerns because, you know, mm-hmm. more indoor time, less exercise, more poor health choices. You know, like there's a lot of, I think there's just a lot of underlying reasons why uh, there's been a bit of a surge in this condition and this concern. Oh, yeah. And Ash, it's funny that you mentioned masks because the brief periods that we've, we've had to be masked, like I, I, I get it, like I totally got mask knee. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Yep. Um, yep. And that was just for like short periods of time. And don't get me wrong, I absolutely appreciate the effect that or I understand the 
devastation that young women and older women would go through when they do have severe acne and the impact that that would have on their self-esteem, their own, um, you know, self-worth and everything else. So sometimes the um, the cost for them and the side effects of um, taking something like Roaccutane doesn't come even close to the positive effects of them having clear skin and I absolutely understand that. But what I want to try and stress tonight is is that the absolute go-to? Is that the safest option? And are there other alternatives? And just having that proper informed consent and really understanding the actions that it can have and the risk factors associated with it so that maybe if you are taking it and you're happily taking it um, or you don't want to stop it, you can keep an eye on certain systems um, just to make sure that you are staying healthy and well while you are taking it as well. Um, And I guess my biggest concern with your octane is fourfold. So we know that there's really strong evidence that it increases the risk of psychiatric symptoms and including suicide risk. And that even remains six months after stopping treatment. Um, and we'll go into that and we'll unpack that in a minute. Um, it creates cardiovascular anomalies. So it increases your cholesterol, increases triglyceride levels, increases liver enzymes, and then predisposes that person to metabolic syndrome as well. Um, It can create hypothyroidism because it significantly increases um, thyroid-stimulating hormone while simultaneously reducing T3 and T4. And it also increases iodine uptake in thyroid cancers. Um, There's also a high risk of sexual dysfunction when using it because part of the action of um, roaccutane is to essentially a drying of mucous membranes. So it can create vaginal dryness, painful sex, loss of libido, inability to orgasm for women. Um, Lots of men report erectile dysfunction and impotence and normally these don't stop with ceasing the medication. It can persist for a long time after that. So those are my four big, huge main areas of concern, but the symptoms or side effects that go with it are far more reaching than that. Um, I know, Ash, that we um, were sort of talking about doing this topic and then there was a a newspaper article that came up that was just so Mm. topical that was just pretty devastating. Yeah, you do wonder when you uh, happen to search something that all of a sudden, you know, up on your page is the current, you know, (laughs) article posted that day with a very relevant and topical thing. But, yeah, absolutely. And and sadly this That is uh, Big Brother watching you. Yeah, but sadly, you know, this article was um, referenced to a family who had experienced uh, the loss of their child, uh, 12 years of age, and, you know, for all the accounts um, the reason they're going through legal proceedings is because they're dealing with a situation where they had a very healthy, well-adjusted, well-balanced 12-year-old, um, dealing with some acne symptoms and felt that that would be a reasonable course of action, um, taking Accutane and, you know, not having any major indications of mental health uh, pre-existing, nor any great signs of harm and concern. The daughter had relayed concerns around just feeling nothing and so, you know, she had one episode of um, of self-harm which actioned them to see a doctor and they changed a prescription and all this sort of stuff and then um, sadly she took her life and it, it really came down to the idea of it was unexplained, unexpected, very, you know, one of those situations where all of the hallmarks of, of this could have, should have been seen, but there just wasn't enough um, opportunity to uh, take in any action to to prevent that. And sadly, you know, this mother says that she fully and wholeheartedly blames drugs. 
um, that were used, combination of the contraceptive pill plus mm. the Accutane. And, and, I, and that took me down the rabbit hole of like, oh, my gosh, of course, because whenever they prescribe Accutane, the um, risk of the, – well, the biggest risk that all doctors will try and mitigate is that of – Fertilization. So, if a woman yeah. is to fall pregnant while on the drug, the risk of deformity or um, having a baby with genetic issues is so high that they're not actually able to go to term yeah. pregnancy if you've been on yeah. Rakutane. Isn't that you know incredible? So, I was actually not completely aware that they would encourage one the use of an oral contraceptive plus a secondary source of uh, contraceptive. So protection such as condom or something like that, um, and ensure that it's basically a legally binding contract. I will not fall pregnant whilst on this drug um, yeah. to reduce their legal risks. And I was like, oh, wow, that's, you know, a whole different element here. I thought we were talking about skin. You know, <laughs> like it just went down this pathway of like, wow, there's so much more to this. I wonder if women had this conversation. And if it can cause that much serious harm, then you have to wonder its actions, right? And it is it is one of the best-known drugs for causing serious birth defects, yes. which is why it's often – well, it's always co-prescribed with um, hormonal contraceptives um, and pregnancies absolutely contraindicated when using it mm. um and ash to go back to what you're saying about the um like the rates of suicide like in the uk at the moment it's actually like uh Roaccutane, um is under investigation by essentially the governing medical body there because of its psychiatric and sexual dysfunction that's associated with it so they're um they're investigating whether or not it's still safe enough to be on the market it was pulled from the market in the US um, in 20, oh, I think it was 2019, but then I think it came back out in a different form um, or just under a different name as well. They do have the um, – that they were comparing – I think I, I know what you're referencing there was um, a comparison of literature regarding suicide rates in people experiencing like acne vulgaris and that was suggesting that there was the obviously the psychological um, stress that's created from acne that there didn't appear to be a statistically significant increase in suicide rates between people on mm-hmm. and off the medication. Um, the indication was whether they had acne or not. Um, yeah. However, you know, one could argue the fact that the massive onslaught hormonally and biochemically um, could predispose certain people to doing things that they would otherwise not have done if they weren't on that medication. So that's just the one probably the most commonly known effects, right? Like yeah. most people, if you said Roaccutane, they would have – the attachment of commentary to such a thing as suicidal tendency. Like they go, oh, yeah, wasn't that that drug involved with increased rate of suicide? Most people have heard about that, but they haven't heard about what you've just described, you know, sexual dysfunction, um, yeah. you know, drying of mucous membranes. So all those things that people think, oh, yeah, I'll just get some cracked lips. But every other yeah. mucous membrane in the body is being affected. It's not just the lips yeah. on the outside that you can apply Vaseline to, you know, every half hour. Um, so- yeah, because it completely inhibits that sebaceous gland function, mm. which is why that it does all of that um and so, so let's just talk about the action that it has as to why it affects mental health so dramatically so it it can influence cognition in adult life as well because it affects the actions of the hippocampus the thalamus the hypothalamus and the medulla mm-hmm. and it changes um your synaptic plasticity and neurogenesis 
So that means your brain's ability to essentially adapt and change. And so the depressive symptoms are hypothesized to be a result of the decrease in that neurogenesis and it alters the expression of all of our like serotonin pathways. So then we get this like misfiring of serotonin, which is obviously our feel-good happy neurotransmitters. And then in functional brain, like um, functional MRIs, it's also shown to decrease the brain metabolism um, in the area of the brain, which actually mediates depressive symptoms. So you couple that with also oral contraceptives or some sort of hormonal contraceptive, which we know dramatically increases the risk of depression and anxiety. And that is such a cocktail for psychiatric dysfunction, um, mm. which I am just, I just think is so, so concerning. Um, okay, so that's the psychiatric symptoms. Then we've got the cardiovascular stuff that we've talked about um, or that we mentioned before. And um, the the retinoid dysregulation that happens with Roaccutane means that it elevates homocysteine levels, which is part of just, it's just part of a mechanism of it, which makes cholesterol and triglycerides rise, which messes with all our liver enzymes and then also, as I said before, um, can predispose, predispose us to metabolic syndrome, which is um, part of the hallmark or precursor to type 2 diabetes as well. Like that is a huge cardiovascular metabolic change just from a drug used for, for acne. Mm, like absolutely. It's, it's effects are so far reaching and common symptoms that other people have on there as well. Like for us to not sort of reiterate some of the stuff that we've already talked about, but people will experience hair loss, joint pain. Um, there's an increase in autoimmune conditions, um, nosebleeds, headaches, drying and chapped lips. Like you talked about Ash, um, increased sensitivity to UV light, anemia, because it reduces both red and blood, red and white blood cell numbers. It also increases intracranial pressure, which can lead to vision loss. And sometimes that can be permanent. The other thing that concerns me is it also suppresses pituitary hormones and pituitary hormones are things like follicular stimulating hormone and luteinizing hormone, which communicate down to the ovaries that control ovulation. It also decreases prolactin, total testosterone and morning cortisol too which means that stress adaptivity will be out the window. Mm. Yeah, it's uh, <laughs> it's really hard to predict, isn't it, what someone might experience when they're on a medication like this, um, given how far-reaching it is and given how we know very well that medication use, any pharmacological use, is what we call bio-unique in nature. Mm-hmm. Two people can take the same drug and have vastly different effects and co-effects you know we we like to say the word side effect you know medicine but i always say it's actually not a side effect it's an unwanted effect therefore i call it a co-effect because reality is just because you don't want it doesn't make it a side effect it still has an action um and we diminish those actions by calling oh that's just a side effect are you getting headaches oh that's just a side effect of the drug no it's a co-effect of the drug let's Mm -hmm. change the language so we appreciate the biochemical interactions that are occurring um so that we don't downplay you know serious effects of medications so each individual does have this bio-unique response to a medication and that's why some women will tout it as a lifesaver game changer and they'll have this incredible mm. experience and they'll say, thank you, you know, so much. I'm so glad I've got my life back now. And other women will say it's the worst thing they have ever done. Yeah. You know, and you think, how can we have something that's, you know, so effective and two women can have a grossly different 
experience an outcome with that medication. Um, and that's why, you know, underlying health concerns, there's a whole mm. lot of other things. I thought it was really interesting as well um, because it always comes back to what causes acne, right? So when we talked, we you know, mentioned earlier about root cause, um, obviously this medication is there to be used as an opportunity to change, you know, mm-hmm. biochemically the body. But they also talk about, you know, things that cause an increased risk of acne lesions. And I think a lot of those things are not talked about or addressed um, mm-hmm. prior to treatment, for example. We should be having these conversations before a medication is prescribed to ensure that a woman has at least assessed her lifestyle and diet and other aspects mm-hmm. of her well-being as to whether they're the underlying causes and not needing to be put onto a drug like Rakutane. Um, and some of those things are really quite simple. You know, you think, oh, gosh, you know, surely people have thought of that, but not necessarily. Um, a lot of it mm-hmm. relates to, you know, things like our diet. And glycemic index has a big player in that. So high mm-hmm. GI foods, um, basically a pre-diabetic kind of lifestyle. You have a lot of sugars, a lot of foods that constantly spike your insulin response is mm-hmm. known to have an interaction. These include things like chocolate, dairy consumption, uh, there's environmental factors including smoke, um, smoking and even the cosmetics we put on our skin. Um, mm-hmm. There's what they call occupational exposures as well um, that creating like pollutants and irritants to the skin membrane which causes the response it creates. Um, and, of course, there's also other aspects, and these relate to our hormone balance or imbalances, probably more likely. Um, and, of course, you know, androgen control and the possibility of what they call a bacterial colonisation. So there's this mm. dysbiosis, you know, this uh, irregularity in how our body and bacterial uh, systems are working together. So then you look at the gut-brain axis, you look at, you know, uh, things like the microbial um, colonization in the body? Do we have gut issues that mm-hmm. are underlying this dysbiosis of the skin? Like there's just, there's a lot of layers to it. Yeah. And we have certainly covered um, the hormonal aspects of acne in a podcast that we did a while ago. So um, ladies, feel free to go back and listen to that. I think it was just called hormonal acne or something like that. And we really went into the mechanisms of what, what creates that. Um, and normally before someone starts um, Roaccutane, usually they will try oral contraceptives first, or they would try the antibiotic treatment called doxycycline. Um, and then Often if those don't work, then then it would be Roaccutane most likely. And that's normally the sequence that I see um, in my patients of the things that they attempt. And um, there's just – there's nothing um, that's normally looked at that looks at that root cause, right? And they're certainly mm. acknowledging a little bit there by going, okay, we'll put you on the pill because there's a hormonal imbalance going on, but there's no um, sort of backward step of that going, okay, why is there a hormonal imbalance and what we can actually do about that beforehand? Or with the doxycycline, is it that overgrowth um, or that, uh, you know, change in that bacterial population and whether or not that is um, topical or internal or whatever it might be. So, um, it's just it's just not the way the system works. <laughs> and I think that, you know, looking at the side effects of something like Roaccutane um, and the way that it actually affects the whole system just totally um, – it just dishonors the way the body functions and there's nothing it's such a systemic um uh, change that happens it's not just a localized treatment that's put onto the skin and it affects every system of the body um so my advice would always be to try and look at root cause first 
and looking at diet and lifestyle changes. And I know that sounds so overly simplistic, but most of the time in my experience, that will be more than enough to change the acne. It's very, very rare that we ever have to go further than those things. Hmm. And look, I think a lot of doctors will have this conversation, but if they haven't, ladies, and you're considering Rakuten as a use, uh, make sure you tick off these boxes that they're, they're not things that you are currently taking because there are a couple of key known causative agents of what they call drug-induced acne, and a lot of the time mm. it's overlooked. Um, because there seems to be like an, irreg- dis- like an irregular connection as in it's, oh, well, could have been that, but it may not have been, and that sort of is dismissed. But you've got things like corticosteroids. You've got any anabolic steroid medications. You've got hormonal contraceptives. We've talked about those already. Ironic that they actually prescribe that with the right mm-hmm. right, given that it's a causative agent. Um, you know, it's what they call yep. the neuropsychotherapeutic drugs. So you've got your antidepressants, lithium, anti-epileptics, um, SSRIs. You've even got vitamins in high doses, B1, B6, B12. Uh, What else have we got here? We've got a bunch of different things. There's a couple of drugs they call, well, there's also exposure to what they call halogens. These are iodine, bromine, and chlorine, so in high doses Mm -hmm. or high exposure levels. Um, Yeah, I mean, can you see there's a couple of things there that need to be considered before medication, such as Rakuten, Mm -hmm. but um, unfortunately a lot of the time those things are overlooked or not. The questions aren't asked. So, ladies, be smart. Mm. Have a think of those things. If they are on your list and you think, oh, actually, I do take, you know, that medication, maybe you need to consider the fact that there is also potential that is irritating, increasing or aggravating your systemic acne. So, that's, uh, you know, another area to consider. Also, you know, have you had microbiologic testing? You know, have you considered mm. um, the microbiology of it? Have there been a gut stool analysis? Anything like that that could give you better clues as to why there's an overgrowth or bacterial um, pathogenic development of acne? So, you know, these are just, these are all these things as Andrew and I think about, like, what would you do first if that was my daughter? You know, if that was my friend, what would you want them to do first before taking a medication with such known harm mm-hmm. um, and risk? And these are the things we'd be recommending. Obviously, endocrine testing, as Dr. Andrew does all the mm-hmm. time, looking at just how hormonal imbalance will play out in relationship to the skin and acne as well. Um, yeah, so... <sighs> I think, you know, as we always come at any problem and the way we approach it is in that functional medicine approach, can we deal with root cause first and foremost? Um, Mm -hmm. And as a last resort, then we can apply medications um, down to the end of the line, such as Raikutane, and that really should be used as a last line of action, not a reaction, first line, easy approach because some antibiotics didn't work once. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, Ash, I think that that's really good. And um, I just think if you are taking it and, um, you know, you're happy with that, we're fully supportive of it. But let's just make sure we keep a really close eye on, you know, getting regular thyroid testing, getting your hormones checked, making sure that you're checking your cardiovascular health, they're checking your cholesterol and triglycerides regularly. Liver, liver enzymes. Um, Yeah, yeah, Mm -hmm. super important. all right, so ladies, that is our public service announcement or PSA for um, <laughs> acne medication. And just, you know, please, please, please use with caution and make sure that you do have proper informed consent with this. Um, so, ladies, you have been listening to Wellness Women Radio. We are the Wellness Women, Dr. Ashley Bond and Dr. Andrea Huddleston. We are raising the bar for women's health. And until next week, be well. 
This has been a production of TheWellnessCouch.com. Check us out on Facebook and join in the conversation on Facebook.com forward slash TheWellnessCouch. Subscribe to each show on iTunes and check us out on Twitter. The Wellness Couch, streaming wellness into your lives. Whilst the Wellness Couch presenter endeavor to provide accurate and helpful information to their listeners, these podcasts cannot take into account individual circumstances and are not intended to be a substitute for health and medical advice from a qualified health professional. You should always seek the advice of a qualified health professional before acting on any of the information provided by any of the Wellness Couch podcasts.